coming up on Pass the Secret Sauce. Yeah, so Swag.com launched us in early 2016. We are the best place for companies to buy and distribute promotional products. So what I mean by buy and distribute. So our site has about 3,000 core products on our site. Everything is fully vetted and tested by us. We have about 300 core products where it's stuff based on most popular. Companies can find, let's say, a water bottle or a t-shirt, select on the color, upload their logo. Our system will detect how many colors are in their logo and the nearest Pantone match. They get to maneuver the logo around. They get to place their order. We produce the swag and ship it to their office. This is used for giving it to their best employees or their customers or their leads. What we can also do is you can hold your swag in inventory, right? Okay. So click the button, they go through the checkout, they select on the button, it holds in inventory, and then we give them the tools to distribute that inventory wherever they want. Welcome to the show, I'm Matt Shields. On Pass the Secret Sauce, we unscramble the life stories, skills, and secrets from the most wicked smart minds and interesting people to uncover their experience and recipes for success that will help you get an edge on your own life. My goal is to help you rein in on the chaos that life throws at us by learning from other high achievers. If you're new to the show, we have episodes with founders, CEOs, investors, and leaders. So if you like to learn and are motivated to improve your life, then kick back and listen to our guests pass their secret sauce. Up next on Pass the Secret Sauce, we have Jeremy Parker, who is the founder and CEO of Swag.com. Swag.com is number 218 on the 2020 Inc. 500 list. So Jeremy knows a thing or two about building business, and we get into some of those tips and tricks that he has used to to bring Swag.com to that, that level, that size of a company. If you know anything about domain names and how incredibly valuable they can be, we do also get into how Jeremy acquired a four-letter domain name that is as valuable as, as swag.com. So a lot of tips and tricks in this episode with, uh, with Jeremy Parker, and I hope you enjoy today's episode of Pass the Secret Sauce. First of all, thank you so much for having me. I would say I, I come from entrepreneurs. My dad is an entrepreneur. My brother is an entrepreneur. And we're a very close family, very lucky and fortunate to have that. So we, we had dinners like re really every single night together. As mm -hmm. I was growing up, I remember dinner tables, with my older brother, my younger sister, my parents, just talking about the day, talking about challenges throughout the day, talking about overcoming obstacles throughout the day. My family always kind of ingrained to me that it was okay to fail from a very mm -hmm. early, early on, that it wasn't anything to be embarrassed about. It actually make you stronger. Mm -hmm. um, and you really kind of, Get to know yourself and get to know you know how, how good you can be if you fail because otherwise if everything comes super easy to you you're never going to be able to really you know reach the highest pinnacles of what you want to accomplish so by failing you realize that things are tough things are difficult and th that's okay and hopefully you can learn from it normally uh, i take this down a, a you know a little bit more defined path but i have to just touch on this because i can't i couldn't agree more and i think that today there are so many parents and and people that are trying to shield their their kids from failure and i every opportunity i get you know walk them down this path where if you're given something you know all the time you know there's no problems there's no challenges you're shied away from ever failing you're absolutely right you're never going to realize what you can accomplish and you always grow like i can absolutely say this in my in my life i've failed plenty of times as i'm sure you probably have as well 
And that's when you out, that's when you learn the most. That's when you, you know, when you're striving and trying to achieve something and, and you're, you're going to come out much better on the other side. Whereas if you're just kind of inching along, not, not, you know, always worried about not pushing the boundaries, not, you know, reaching too far, you're, you know, you're never going to achieve nearly as much as what you possibly could. So I, I absolutely love that. So, so what, what did your dad do? What is, uh, what type of business did he have? He was, he was an entrepreneur. He was involved in banking. Um, but then he, he started the company that was like a chain store that was mm-hmm. selling like 99 cent type stores. Okay. He was able to build it into something really amazing. And he had a lot of different stores, like, like multiples. And, and I, and I learned a lot just from watching him build this kind of big business. Yeah. Um, and then also, you know, I, I used to intern for, for my dad and I would never want to take the easy internship, you know, like working in the corporate office. I always wanted to kind of learn all the aspects of business. So mm-hmm. I remember like one time I would work in like the packaging room at one small location and I would be helping boxing and I would be and the next kind of week I would be, you know, working like the, the cashier registers and then the next week I would be in the corporate office just trying mm-hmm. to learn what I frankly liked, what I was good at and to see all the different pieces that need to be running smoothly for an mm-hmm. entire operation to run. That's, that's really cool. That's, that's such an amazing experience. And how old were you when you were going through, you know, kind of making those realizations and those, those discoveries? Yeah, I was, I was during high school time. Okay. So I wasn't like super young, but I was, you know, in that mindset where I was like interested in business mm-hmm. um, or trying to really figure out what I was interested in. Actually, I, I used to be really interested in marketing. That was my, my passion and still in many ways is my passion. When I was growing up, I was fascinated by commercials you know, the branding guidelines. And I actually just like download branding guideline books from the internet mm-hmm. of like why Apple designed their logo in such a way and their color palette. And I was just fascinated, really fascinated by that. And when I went to college, I always thought I was going to be a marketing major. That was kind of, I was like always my whole life, four years in high school, I'm going to be a marketing major. I'm going to get into a marketing job. And that was my career. And when I went to Boston University. I realized that when I went to the communication school, Film and marketing and pretty much the same exact course curriculum, mm-hmm. except for film would teach me how to make videos. And this was at the onset of YouTube. And I thought that making videos would become very valuable as the world was shifting to a different story medium. Mm-hmm. So I became probably the first filmmaker in BU history that never actually wanted to be a filmmaker. Um, <laughs> and I learned just a lot about how to tell a story in the best way possible. Throughout college, I actually won the Vail Film Festival the wow. audience award. I made a feature-length documentary with my brother. It was just something we did throughout the summer, trying to tell stories in different ways. I won this big film festival. I was with all these major celebrities at this festival. And when I won the festival, it was like at night. And the next morning, I went to like kind of the celebrity or like the filmmaker brunch. And half the room was these like major celebrities and half the room were these struggling filmmakers. Yeah. And kind of like a gut check, like, is this is film what I really want to do? Is it marketing? What do I want to do? And it was this kind of realization where I'm pretty good at telling stories, but maybe I'm not the best filmmaker. Maybe I'm not this. Maybe this is not the right path for me. Mm-hmm. So I kind of started doing internal gut check of what I was good at. And right after I graduated college, it was just like, let's start a business. Let's see what I like. Let's learn as much as possible and, and let's fail as much as I can. So I become better at it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's really cool. So what did you, do you have any, you've touched on this a couple of times now that, you know, that you excel at telling stories and creating stories. Do you have any tips or, or frameworks or anything that you use when you're, you know, sort of first laying that out, getting that, that storyboard started? Any, any advice there? For me, it's just kind of like simplifying, right? Cause a lot of people get 
in the weeds, especially when you're writing a screenplay, you're writing a movie, or even if you're doing a pitch or a business plan or anything, and you get really, really super in the weeds and super detailed, and it's confusing for people to understand. Mm -hmm. So kind of really trying to consolidate it and simplify it as much as possible. Mm -hmm. I think the, you get your message across a lot easier that way. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and do you have any advice on, uh, you know, essentially, let's say we're making a, a website, we're trying to tell our story in a website, how much content would you advise, you know, for your, your website copy, let, let's say, I mean, is that something you'd be able to, to provide insight on? Yeah, I mean, for, for our site, for Swagger, we, I've designed the whole site from the beginning to the end, every uh -huh. single image, all the text. It, I was, I was in charge of that. That's kind of something that very interests me from the very beginning. When we started the business, our entire site was just one image. It said swag.com. It was an image and then a header, like create custom swag. I wanted to simplify as much as possible. I wanted the image to do the storytelling because a lot of sites that you go to, it's just so much text. And yeah. the more text you have, it can be good for SEO to a degree, but I think people go overboard. We're trying to you know, make it the best SEO optimized mm -hmm. site. And they really take away from when somebody lands on that site, are they gonna even know what I'm gonna do? If you're giving yeah. somebody a block of text, are they really gonna read it? Probably not. So try to figure out how do you tell your story in like the simplest amount of words just through images. And for me, images really tell the story. That's why I've learned through filmmaking. That's what I've learned through all the startups I've done, really trying to be as visual as possible. Cause that really, it allows your, your visitors and your customers to really understand what you're doing. Cause people really do avoid reading as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, you have to realize they are lazy. People are lazy, inherently lazy. And you're right. I mean, giving them more work to do there, they just won't do it. So, so let's back up a little bit. So you, you were in college, you won uh, the Vail Film Festival uh, award. You kind of made that, that decision, you know, what direction you're going to go. What, what did you do next? You, you, I know you've started a number of different companies. Yeah. What, uh, talk a little bit about some of those, those earlier companies and, and progress on to swag.com. Yeah. So after, after I graduated college, I was this, uh, this award-winning filmmaker, and I wanted to start a business, but I didn't know what I was actually good at because I never had real business experience of running my own thing. So my idea was to start a t-shirt company, which sounds pretty simple, but when you kind of really break it down, you have to figure out how to manufacture t-shirts and have to figure out how to build an e-commerce site. And this is before Shopify. So you have to really build your own e-commerce experience, how to market the site, how to do manufacturings and PR and all the different things that you need to do for a business. And I thought that, that would be a great way for relatively little money to learn as much as possible. Like, mm -hmm. like, like for the amount of money I have to invest to amount, amount of, I'm going to learn. It was like, it's a no brainer. Let, let me start right now. So I started this company called T's and Tats. Horrible name in retrospect. It's hard to hear it and say, yeah. <laughs> but it was a tattoo apparel company and we made t-shirts for like $300 t-shirts. Okay. You know, really limited edition. I hired this uh, famous tattoo artist and every t-shirt was individually numbered and signed by him. So it became even less in apparel. It became kind of like a piece of art. Mm -hmm. And we launched this t-shirt company and it was doing extremely well. And we were selling to all these high-end boutiques. And it was like this really cool piece of art that you're wearing on your body. And this was at 2007. So this is right before the recession hit, when mm -hmm. the banks were going under. And it was probably the worst time to launch a high-end t-shirt company. So all of these high-end boutiques that we were selling to went bankrupt, like really yeah. went under. And it was, that was like my first big challenge. What I learned, and this kind of set me on the path of trying to think outside the box I came up with this marketing idea that we would tie the prices of our shirts to the price of the Dow Jones. So that every time the Dow drops, everyone's losing all their money, they would get a t-shirt, they would get a discount on their t-shirts. Oh, wow. 
And I wrote this idea to Mark Cuban. I was a big follower of his blog called Blog Maverick. And Mark Cuban ended up writing about us in his blog. And it set off another wave of customers. <laughs> and it got us you know, you know, mentioned in an ad age, which ultimately led me to meet Elliot Pizer, who's the CEO of Weatherproof Garment Company. Mm-hmm. And me and Elliot hit it off. And Weatherproof is a really large company. It's an outerwear, huge company. And we kind of just brainstorming. I would show up at his office. We'd have lunch together. We became kind of friends. And he basically said to me, Jeremy, any idea you have, let me know. I'll, we'll fund it in, in some way. Oh, like, wow. Become like an entrepreneur, you know? Yeah. And I started this idea. I thought, well, Weatherproof, one of their partnering companies was a company called MV Sport. Mary Victor Sport, and they're one of the largest players in the promotional product industry. Okay. So they do collegiate licensing for different colleges, and they do, you go to like University of Maryland bookstore or basketball stadium, and they have MV Sport branded t-shirts, right? It's all like the, it's like colleges. And I had this idea because at the time, there was a company called Threadless, which was very popular where it's like graphic design contests. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool to have graphic design contests for collegiate apparel or for licensed products? where the winning design would sell at the bookstore, the basketball stadium, the football stadium, and make college apparel a little bit cooler. Mm-hmm. So he's like, let's go for it. So we ended up launching over like 100 different organizations and universities, Maryland and Purdue, Wisconsin, Oregon State, all these different colleges. And I learned a lot about building not only an e-commerce platform, but a community, an online community. Mm-hmm. We had thousands of artists submitting designs. We had college kids voting on their winning designs. I did that for about three years, but at the time I also really learned and fell in love with promotional products. This was like my first way into, because people always ask me, how did I get into swag.com? It's like, who thinks to get into promotional products? It's not the sexiest of industries. Yeah. I really fell in love with it. My first job out of college, frankly, my first or second job out of college. After that, I ended up working with my brother. We started a company called Vouch. It was a social networking app based on what you love. Part of Vouch ended up selling to a publicly traded company. I did this company with Jesse Itzler, who's a co-founder of Marquee Jet, private jet company, mm-hmm. Zico Coconut Water. He's one of the owners of Atlanta Hawks. Me and my brother Jesse started this company. We partnered up with major celebrities. We would own their celebrity rights to Twitter and Facebook. So this is like before Twitter was so popular. This is even before Instagram even existed. Mm-hmm. Now literally every social media influencer is making money on like product placement. But yeah. when we started this business, it just didn't exist. So we were working with these YouTube stars when they were living in their parents' basement and they were making no money. And now these YouTube guys are making 20 million plus a year. And we would broker deals from like State Farm and Colgate and Verizon oh, wow. to the YouTube videos really, really early on. And we would own the rights to these major celebrities when they had like 4,000 followers on Twitter. And now these same celebrities have 60 million followers on Twitter and they were selling us their rights because they didn't frankly know how valuable it was. Yeah. It was kind of like buying oil before oil was valuable or people even knew what to do with it. So I did that for a couple of years. Vouch, the, the second version of Vouch ultimately didn't work out how we planned it. And then I said, let me start Swag because Swag is a business that I've been falling in love with for the last 10 years. I've had so much interest in it. And Vouch was a very, it was like, you have to build this networking, a networking app. It was very challenging to make money on it. So we felt like let me build a business where I can make a sale. And from day one, I didn't have to have a platform. I didn't have to do anything. It's all reliant on a transaction. So mm-hmm. went into swag and I combined all my passions of building platforms and also promotional products. Into this. That is really amazing. You, you mentioned a couple of different, you know, obviously big names. You, you mentioned how you made the connection with Mark Cuban, but uh, how did you, how did you connect with 
like say all the different celebrities and everything, how, how were you getting in front of them? And even when you were launching the, the, the design contest for all the universities, I'm assuming you had to go and essentially pitch each one of the universities and get them on board or. Yeah. So the, the universities were frankly even harder to, to get in touch with than the celebrities. Yeah. Because celebrities, we ended up partnering with Jesse Itzler and Jesse has such a amazing credentials. He was an amazing businessman. He had a lot of friends. So he was friends with a lot of the celebrities. So we just had to have this great idea that we could help you monetize your social feeds. Okay. That was the idea. You don't know how to monetize it. You don't even know what this is worth. Let us handle it for you. Let us own your rights. Let us get you deals and let's do that. So yeah. that was actually a little bit easier. Now, obviously for me, I didn't know Jesse. So to, for me to meet Jesse, was another challenge for me to you know pitch Jesse and get him to be interested. It was another challenge, and I was my brother was amazing at that, and he was really the point person. In terms of the universities, that was literally me cold calling, and it was more challenging than just getting a university to yeah. say yes, let's do a contest with you. Yes, there's two different things, and I didn't know this at the time. There's the bookstore, there's the stadiums. That's not necessarily connected to the licensing department. Okay, so they're completely different. So I had to first get the bookstore involved, get them to want you. So it's one big sale, like say, hey, the winning design at this contest that I'm going to hold, you have to be okay buying the shirts. You're going to want to buy it, right? They're going to want, so I have to do that big pitch, get them on board. And then once I had that, I still couldn't do the contest until I got the sign off from the licensing. So it's a whole different thing. It's like, hey, the bookstore wants yeah. to do it. The basketball stand wants to do it. Will you give us the ability to license and use your licensing to allow students to reimagine your logos? Like they've never done that. Many yeah. Never allow like University of Maryland. I remember them like redesign their logos. It was unheard of, and yeah. ultimately got them to agree to it. So just wow. being persistent, really going after a lot of different people, talking to different people, showing them the value. I think that's the main thing. It's it's not just pitching them. It's coming coming with a plan that shows them how they benefit from all of this. Virtus Technology is a custom business software solution provider. Are you tired of manual entry into an old system that creates more work than it helps? Does your company suffer from constant pain and frustration around its business processes? Do you spend a lot of time and money trying to hunt information down or figure out what is happening in your business? Virtus Technology can help solve all of this. We evaluate your current processes and then create custom software or mobile apps to automate and streamline your business process, eliminating a lot of those pains and frustrations. Unlike other systems, our goal is to digitize your current processes and systems so that your staff's learning curve is very small. If you're ready to take your business operations to the next level, give Virtus Technology a call today. And for us, the pitch to the licensing teams was, this is going to get your community involved. They're going to be, you know, your brands can be more connected to a lot of people mm -hmm. for the bookstores, for the basketball stadiums. This is a guaranteed way you're going to make sales. People are already going to know your designs are going to be voting on it. They're already going to be like a buyer waiting. And so there's a lot of you have to like pitch to different people, what interests yeah. them and how it benefits them. Yeah, no, that, and that's great advice. You know, knowing, knowing what your audience cares most about you know, is, is most critical. And obviously, again, you, you were dealing with one university, but each, like you said, each one of the different uh, departments had their own specific interests. So you had to you know, cater your pitch to that. So yeah, very, very smart there. So, so now you're, you've gone on, you've started swag, uh, obviously, you know, you have a, a four letter domain name, you know, that, that had to have been quite an investment to be able to even secure that. Right. Did you, were, were you guys, 
we were creative with it. <laughs> I mean, when we started the business, they were asking over $1.2 million for the domain name itself. Yeah. They were, I, I would, to me, they were maybe selling it to the wrong buyer. They were yeah. trying to sell to the wrong buyer. They were trying to sell it to more of the, the urban definition of having swagger or like. Oh, I see. Right. They weren't really positioning it towards the promotional product industry, which I think was their biggest mistake. But ultimately, we were able to get the domain name for a lot less than yeah. what they were asking for. And it, it would take a long time. It took about nine months. We worked out a deal with the owner that we would be able to exclusively license and use the domain name for a period of time. Mm-hmm. And we would give them a little bit of options in the company. Because obviously, we didn't have so much money to put down yeah. to buy the domain name. But we knew the value of it. And we knew how powerful it would be for our type of buyer. This millennial, this new age buyer yeah. that's buying commercial products. So we worked out a deal with him. We said, we are going to pay you back within six months or two years. It was in the middle there. We will give you a little bit of equity in the business and we will have the exclusive license to it so that we could prove out the model, make some sales, maybe raise some money down the line when we had more of a track record and then use that money to acquire the domain so that we bought it. So yeah. we we're able to really launch this business, have this amazing domain name without putting any money down. Whatsoever. Oh, that's, that's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. So you, you basically more or less brought him on sort of as a partner yeah. uh, in the, in the partner. business. And what happened is if we couldn't buy the domain, then he would get, ex- he would get it back. Yeah. After right. And so first it was like, are we going to make enough money? Are we going to prove this model out? Yes or no. If it's not, then it's good. We didn't invest so much money in the domain. And if yes, clearly the domain is value and we are the first, we're the only ones who have the rights to buy it. So yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So you locked it up and yet you still didn't have to pay for it you know, yeah. until later after, after you've proven the business out. So you, you've mentioned a couple of times now about building platforms and all of that. Are you a coder yourself or are you, are you outsourcing I, that? I, or? I went to school for filmmaking, but I would say the last 10 years, I really have taken, you know, been practicing user experience and design. Uh-huh. So I don't, I don't do any programming whatsoever, but you know, I manage our CTO and I'm talking to our CTO every day for two hours and I manage our designer, our lead designers, and I, you know, spec out and design all of the features, um, the user experience. So that's like my real true passion. And obviously I'm the CEO of swag.com also, which comes with other things that you have to do as, as a founder and a CEO. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So when you're, when you're laying out all the UIs, what types of tools are you typically using? Are you, are you in there, you know, in Photoshop laying out the actual designs yourself or is it more combination of things it's usually my initial idea happens on a piece of paper okay not super technical it's just wherever i am whenever i have an idea designing it on a piece of paper laying it out it seems kind of not high tech but it allows me to think i think when i'm writing with a piece of paper and pen i can more clearly visualize at least for myself usually then i take a screenshot of it or i scan it into one of these apps that my designer uses mm-hmm. and then we work together we share a screen he's based in london and we just you know, spend time brainstorming the ideas he takes it bits and part we're designing in real time together move this button here and we're just playing around with this it's more of like a collaborative effort yep. um, to get to where it is and then once it gets to a really good place then we you know involve tech and we say what can't be done like what do we design that's really goes against everything or how can we simplify this to make it a little bit easier for you guys to develop mm-hmm. that kind of conversation? Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Talk a little bit about what swag.com is, what it does, what the you know what that current user experience currently is today. Yeah, so swag.com we launched us in early 2016. We are the best place for companies to buy and distribute promotional products. So what I mean by buy and distribute. So our site has about 3,000 core products on our site. 
everything is fully vetted and tested by us. We have about 300 core products where it's stuff based on most popular. Companies can find, let's say, a water bottle or a t-shirt, select on the color, upload their logo. Our system will detect how many colors are in their logo and the nearest Pantone match. They get to maneuver the logo around. They get to place their order. We produce the swag and ship it to their office. This is used for giving it to their best employees or their customers or their leads. What we can also do is you can hold your swag in inventory, right? Okay. So click the button, they go through the checkout, they select on the button, it holds in inventory, and then we give them the tools to distribute that inventory wherever they want. Oh, so that's they cool. Upload the CSV file of a thousand different addresses will calculate in real time their shipping costs, they pay for it, and now we're sending, you know, swag boxes all over the world to all these different remote areas, engaging with, you know, remote teams to keep the company culture thriving, even when no one's in the office, sending swag to their best customers. They might not be traveling across the country to that trade show or to that event, to that yep. meeting. Now send them something in the mail to keep that company culture going. Virtual events, sending swag to event attendees to humanize the event attendees, the events. And this has really been taking off. We have a little bit over 5,000 customers at this point. Wow. Facebook and Google and Amazon and you know, Netflix, Spotify, TikTok, et cetera. We've grown this year over last, and we were just named the 218th fastest growing company in the U.S. That's by the amazing. Inc. 500. Yeah, congratulations. Year where the whole industry is down over 44% or more because of this pandemic, which makes sense, right? The whole industry is somewhat contracted. Yeah. We're up this year. We're probably the only promotional distributor that we know that's actually up. We're going to break 10 million in sales this year, and we just had our best two months ever. Last month, we did over 1.4 million in September, and October is trending to break that. That's amazing. Very, very cool. Congrats on that. You mentioned, again, some very, very large companies that you're doing business with. What's the outreach process to be able to get involved in some of those companies? How does that look? So for the last four years, we haven't done any outreach whatsoever. Okay. The business, when the business started, our idea was, well, we had this amazing domain name, and we think we know who our buyers are, but we don't necessarily know. Like when you start a business, you don't really know who your buyers, you, you might think, but you, things change. So our idea from the very beginning was me and my co-founder, Josh, we would just show up at offices. We would go to WeWork. We were working at WeWork and we would go up and down the hallways of every WeWork and knocking on doors of people mm -hmm. and trying to talk to them and really trying to understand the pains of buying swag and learn as much as we can. Who's the buyer? Why did they buy? When did they buy? And how did they buy? And really trying to figure out how we could position ourselves in the marketplace. What we learned from those early conversations were it's really this millennial buyer. It's no longer this 40, 50 year old office manager. Mm -hmm. It's 22, 25 year old. And why do they want to buy swag and how do they buy swag? And they realized they never like to talk to people on the phone, which was the mm -hmm. historical way to sell. They don't like uh, you know, catalogs and presentation decks. They like to do things automatically. So we had to build a really streamlined experience. And frankly, there was no go-to brand in the space that they could think, this is the place I'm going to buy swag, right? Yeah. And even when you went to those bigger places that sell tons of you know, promotional products, it didn't really appeal to today's buyer. It didn't have the right colors, didn't have the right user experience. It was more clunky. It was broken, too much text on the page. So we try to simplify it as much as possible and build the right platform for them. So our first sale that we ever did was with Facebook. We, frankly, I got, I got in touch with a friend who worked at Facebook who got me upstairs into the office and we just, me and my co-founder, just walked the hallways, talking to people in Facebook, asking who buys swag. And we met with like seven people that day. And by the end of it, we met one person who wanted to buy, you know, I think it was 300 t-shirts for their okay. office, one buyer. And we didn't care about how much money we make. It didn't really matter. It was just about learning. Yeah. It was about that credentials of saying we work with Facebook because our feeling was, and by the way, at this point, we had zero platform. It was just a landing page. 
And I would love if we just had a swag.com landing page and then a row of those blue chip logos. So we got Facebook as a customer. I think we made about 5% margin, like nothing. The next day we showed up at WeWork. And when WeWork asked us who else we work with, we said Facebook. And they probably assumed we had thousands of other customers, but really it was just Facebook. And we got yeah. WeWork. And we just repeated this cycle and to get those first five logos. After we got those first five, we then started to transition into, well, now let's build the right platform so that we could do these sales automatically. Okay. 2017, we launched the first version of the e-commerce site, did about 1.1 million. 2018, did about 3.1 million. 2019, did about 6.9 million. This year, we were on track to hit 14 million, but then the pandemic hit, but we're still hopefully going to be breaking 10 million, which is up from last year. Yeah. Um, and it was just trying to learn as much as we can from those early customers so that ultimately we can now be complete inbound. We just hired our first sales director a month and a half ago who is responsible for inbound leads that are big, but we still do not do any outbound whatsoever. At this point. That's, that's incredible. Yeah, so, so you don't do any type of advertising or anything. Wow, wow. We do, we do a little bit of, of Google ads and some Facebook retargeting and some other retargeting ads, paid ads, but we don't do any cold calling. We don't do any outbound outreach to LinkedIn. It's really completely inbound. And at some point, I'm assuming that will change but the, the amount of leads that we're getting at this point and the, how lean our team is, it just wouldn't make sense to add kind of any friction yeah. to an outbound sales process. Yeah, that's, that's impressive. That's really cool. So you've built this company now and you mentioned before how you let people, you know, basically inventory, you know, their own customized product. So, so two questions, you mentioned vet all of the different products. How do you guys go about sourcing all of those different products and then on the on the inventory side of things do you guys have like a large warehouse somewhere that you know basically you're storing all of this stuff and then you're you know, picking pulling it as orders are coming in how does that work so the sourcing piece is been an ongoing um, process you know from the very early days it was me and my co-founder josh going to all the trade shows flying all over the country meeting with different suppliers now we have a product team that does that we're at this point where we get a lot of suppliers reaching out to us and sending us free samples at this point, mm -hmm. but we're really constantly testing products. For example, we've tested about a thousand different mugs and we only offer a feature 25 core mugs. Okay. So we're very, very curated in what products we allow. And now we have a really good handle on what suppliers we should be using. We have about a hundred suppliers that we use at this point, but about 10 are core suppliers. So like all of our drinkware goes to one drinkware supplier mm -hmm. because they're the best in the business. They're really good at quality. They're really good at print. We have one supplier that goes to do all of our notebooks. We have a couple of suppliers that do fashion and apparel. So we basically break it down and trying to consolidate it. Who's the best in the business that we should be working with so that it's better for our customers, better for us, frankly, because we have better buying power when we're, when we're more limited. Once the order is placed, the order gets sent directly to our suppliers. They produce it and they ship it either directly to the customer or they send it to our 3PL provider. Okay. We not have our own warehouses we've integrated with you know the top of the line warehouse facility that's four strategic locations throughout the u.s every single thing in our system is plugged in automatically so when someone's going through the checkout flow as opposed to inputting their address there's literally a button on the shipping page that says want us to hold your swag and inventory and easily distribute you click on that it basically automatically knows that when we ship it out everything's gonna be sent to the warehouse once yeah. the fulfillment center gets the stuff and they label everything it then will show up in real time into that customer's portal we think of it as like an online swag closet, if you will, where they see all of their swag in real time whenever they're running low. We send them smart notifications to restock. They can always order more. They're also able to distribute swag in three different ways. They could pull from inventory, which is let's say I need 20 mugs to one address. 
the input that address, it calculates the shipping costs in real time, they pay for it, and we ship those 20 mugs to one address. They could send those 20 mugs to 20 different addresses, upload a CSV file, calculate shipping costs, pay the shipping fee, we're shipping it all over the world. And we have this thing called a swag giveaway, which oftentimes, especially now, people don't know where the recipients live. Right? You might not know where your employees are living. You don't know where your customers live. You might not know where your recipients or customers, what t-shirt size they are. Yeah. So we've created a system where you could create a recipient branded landing page, upload your logo, your colors, select from the products you want to give away. In real time, it creates a branded landing page. I could send it to you. You could select on which product you want. I want this mug, though. I want that t-shirt. I select the t-shirt, what size t-shirt, input your address. It all speaks to our system. We can distribute it. So we're able to really allow people to automate the distribution in any different way. And then the next level is when we've been working with companies like TikTok and all these big companies, it's not just one buyer of swag. There's the HR manager who buys swag. There's the mm -hmm. office manager, there's the marketing team, there's a the sales team. So we built our tools to allow you to have different inventory closets and you could create these closets for free. You can have a marketing closet, only the marketing team should get access to it. And the sales closet and all the sales team gets access to it. So you can really break it down by permissions, by approval settings, level of permissions. It's a really robust platform and we like to think of it as an extension of our e-commerce site. Wow, wow. You, so, I mean, you guys have put a hell of a lot of thought into this entire process. That's, that is really, really amazing. So what, what are you guys working on next? What's, what's the next stage or what's the next thing that you guys are, are looking to, to launch? Yeah, so we've had an interesting year, like everybody, with this pandemic. We were building out this distribution platform for about a year and a half. The idea wasn't to have this distribution platform for the work from home culture, which is everyone's doing right now. It was more for like an account-based marketing platform where people could send swag in the mail to their best customers and leads. But obviously with the pandemic, things have shifted and now everyone's working remotely and how do you engage with your remote team? And it became insanely popular. So we went from before the pandemic, about 3% of all of our users were using it. And this was by design. We wanted to gradually learn from our customers and build it out to within like a two month period, it went to over 50% of all of our users needing this distribution platform. It went from like a nice to have to frankly a need to have. Yeah. No one's in the office, people need to distribute swag. So we've been having to grow a lot. We've had growing pains, we've had all these different issues, like all these things we're trying to resolve in real time because now we have a platform that doesn't really exist in the market and people need it. And it's not exactly where we want it to be, but it's getting there. So we went, I would say when the pandemic hit, we were about 30% of where we wanted this platform to be. Throughout the pandemic, now we're about 70%. So okay. we're a lot better than where we were, but we still have a long way to go to make this platform as automated, as streamlined as possible. So the, really the next thing is hunkering down, making sure this distribution platform has every single feature that a company could want. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing. That should be all really in good shape by Q1 next year. You know, by January, February time, I think we're gonna be in a really, really good place. And then it's all about, well, how do you automate the distribution of swag? That's the first step, you know, like mm -hmm. what if somebody wanted to integrate into our API or to Zapier or to JustWorks or to Salesforce and any reason why they would want to send swag, they could click a button in those platforms, speak to our system and distribute it. So imagine somebody's birthday and you want to send them swag, it will automatically know to send somebody a swag on their birthday yeah. or their five-year anniversary or their one-year anniversary. Or let's say somebody filled out a form on your site, it has nothing to do with us, it will automatically speak to us and we'll send them a gift in the mail or somebody hasn't placed an order in three months and you want to re-engage a customer automatically, companies will be able to tr set triggers for whatever reason they want to send swag. And because we have this distribution platform set up, it will speak to our system and automatically distribute it. That is cool. That is, that is really, really cool. As far as designing the swag, you know, 
I've got a couple different companies and would love to be able to utilize this, but I, to, I don't necessarily have much of a design background. Do you guys help with any of the, you know, logo placements or any of the design or anything like that? Logo placements, yes. So how it works, but not design. I would say that we're not, how our company works is you come with your logo. If you have a logo, yeah. you upload your logo, you mock it up. After the order is placed, we're always going to create a virtual production mock-up to approve before we ever print. So if you ever look, you know, log out and you check out and you're like, oh, my logo is not perfect. It's not straight. It's not, do I want it to be six inches or seven inches? Don't worry. We're always going to create that virtual mock-up, get it to you. And you'll always have the final say. You can always say, make it bigger or smaller, move it up or down. You'll have the final say. In terms of the design itself, we don't really do that, but we have a partnership with 99designs. Okay. If you ever did need a design, you can log into them and click a button and it takes you to a swag 99design branded page and you can hire one of their expert designers. Yeah, I love it. I love it. This is really, really impressive. Congrats on you know, all the success. And I really think you, uh, you have a great winner here. Great name, great, you know, great thoughts and ideas and execution behind it all. So you know, congrats on, on pulling that all together. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, no problem. And thank you for being on the show as well. Thank you so much for having me. It's really a pleasure. Thanks for listening. And remember, pass the secret sauce.